0: Welcome to the Right Division Network Podcast, a production of Grace Family Bible Church in Buffalo, New York. I'm your host, Pastor Scott Morton. And we'd like to thank you once again for joining us as we study God's Word, Rightly Divided. We're going to be continuing today going through the book of 1 Thessalonians, and we are here in chapter number 4. And we've been looking at verse number 11, which says, And that ye study to be quiet, and to do your own business, and to work with your own hands, as we commanded you. Now, we left off with the issue after spending a couple weeks looking at the issue of the studying piece that the Apostle Paul is making a reference to. And we left off here with... That phrase to be quiet. Now, that's a phrase that r- really does cause a little bit of confusion for individuals because, you know, when they see that word quiet, there is an automatic idea that pops in somebody's mind about the meaning of that word, how it's thought that. The issue of quiet just makes a reference to the idea of that a person is not talking, they're not making any noise. And so it's this thought of, well, I'm just studying to keep my mouth shut. And that's not what the Apostle Paul is really actually making a reference to within... We're going to actually spend a minute here actually reading what the definition of the word quiet is. And we're going to take the definition from Webster's 1828 Dictionary to get the idea of what it is that the Apostle Paul is actually making a reference to. So when we... Look at the idea of, then, there's actually going to be seven different definitions that are actually going to come here from this. And the first one is, still being in a state of rest, now moving. And that comes from Judges chapter 16, verse 2. The second one here, still free from alarm or disturbance, unmolested as a quiet life. And that comes from 2 Chronicles chapter 14, verse 1. The third one, peaceable, not turbulent, not giving offense, not exciting controversy, disorder or trouble, mild, meek, contented. And that comes from 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 4, and also from the text where we're reading here. So now we already have the idea of which definition is being made a reference to. But we're going to read the other four quickly here. Number four, calm, not agitated by wind, is a quiet sea or atmosphere. Five, smooth or unruffled. Six, undisturbed, unmolested, is the quiet possession or enjoyment of an estate. And the last one, seven, not crying, not restless, as a quiet child. Now, number seven is the typical one that's, You know, most people kind of have the thing of what it means, but we already saw that from number three, the one of peaceable, not turbulent, not giving offense, not exciting controversy, disorder, or trouble, mild, meek, contented, is actually the issue of what the idea of quiet actually means. And and that's where you see how, and you see another passage where Paul uses that, the idea of quiet. Now, as I want to actually read that one here, and this is in the book of Timothy here. We'll go, go over to 1 Timothy, chapter 2, and look at how the Apostle Paul speaks about prayer, praying for those who are in positions of leadership. When he says here, we'll read the first two verses. I exhort, therefore, that first of all, supplications, prayers, intercessions, and giving of thanks be made for all men, for kings, and for all that are in authority, that we may lead a quiet and peaceable life in all godliness and honesty. So the issue of what the Apostle Paul is really looking at in this idea is that the members of the body of christ would be living a life that is peaceable not giving offense you know not exciting controversy disorder or trouble mild meek and content and that's the idea of that as we're taking in the word of god rightly divided This is what is supposed to result from doing that. Now, is that always what happens with every individual who's part of the body of Christ? And the answer to that, unfortunately, is no. There are some who are part of the body of Christ who really have this issue of that they look at their study in a completely different manner from what the Apostle Paul actually is making a reference to here in this point. And when they look at it from that way and they're doing things, it creates more problems for them with it because, you know, when you're doing things that run contrary to the Word of God, you know things don't go smoothly for the individual. And you have the issue of and we're going to just look at a couple different things of what what individuals instead of trying to do this thing of you know studying to be quiet, studying to kind of live their life in that manner, what it is that people actually unfortunately Try to do it. You have, you know, some who have that issue of um that they study the Word of God just to be able to win some sort of an argument with individuals, and you know that that's one of those things that really a lot of times happens when somebody is brand new to understanding what the Bible says. You know, they've just put their trust in. The gospel message for today, the fact that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures that he was buried and that he rose again on the third day according to the scriptures. They just put their trust in 1 Corinthians 15 verses 1 through 4. They've just started understanding the word of God rightly divided and they want to go out and tell individuals about what it says and they come kind of in this, you know, Almost like a freight train of coming in and wanting to just argue with individuals about things that say. And really, when you know, and when we look at all of these different things, the issue is going to become none of it actually edifies individuals. None of it helps bring people to salvation, all of it is just going to start pushing people, you know, farther and farther away. And you know, the issue of arguments, especially if you're doing that with those who are unsaved, really what tends to happen is they start thinking of you in that manner of, Well, that's always what you do, you're. You know, I don't really want to talk with this person about the scriptures because all they want to do is argue about it. You know, they they don't want to have any sort of real fellowship related to what the word of God says. You know, we need to let the word of God speak for itself. You know, we share what it says. You know, we don't argue About, you know, we don't go out of our way to be trying to argue about things. You know, we let the verse, you know, we put the verses out there, we let them, you know, say what they say, and they will have the impact on individuals. You know, sometimes people study really for that purpose of, you know, I'm going to keep looking at all these controversial things in order to try to just share and purposely be sharing the controversial things in order to get a reaction from somebody because from the world's viewpoint of things that you know as long as you're getting a reaction that's a good thing well it's not always a good thing if it's not really having an impact on other individuals like it should you know sometimes there's a issue of studying the show the superiority that they feel they have and you know where that will come about is as someone is sharing things they'll start talking about the number of hours that they put into this study that they're sharing. You know, and usually w- what that's coming from is they're trying to show I'm the authority. You haven't put in all of the same work that I have done. And because you have not put in that same amount of work, you can't question anything that I say. Because I know more than you. Now that is not you know an attitude that really is going to help to edify other individuals. you know that's an issue of well, you know I'm the author just blindly obey me no matter what it is that I say now some Will actually blindly follow those things, and they'll do that because they're following the personality of the individual that's doing it. So they're not really following what the Word of God says; they're just following the man who's preaching that. You know, and you can see how all of this is really creating, you know problems when we're actually dealing with other individuals the last one I want to bring up here is that the issue of when people purposely bring up the topics that they know are going to divide people rather than bringing people together so for example the issue would be you know Someone who understands right division, you know, understands, for example, that water baptism isn't for today. The first thing that they bring up when they encounter someone who identifies themselves as a Baptist is to say, You know, water baptism isn't for today. You know, they're not even making sure that the person is saved, they're just bringing up the thing that they know that's going to divide. And sometimes they'll even do it by, you know, one of those, you know, controversial methods. You know, I've seen individuals do the thing where they'll pick up a glass of water and they'll say, you know, I'll show you what a real preacher does with water. And then they proceed to take a drink out of that cup. You know, as if that is going to bring about some sort of, Fellowship. Now, all that it does is it brings about laughter from those who agree with them. And for those who don't agree, it just makes the individuals say, I want nothing to do with this individual because of the way that the person is reacting, the way that the person is trying to actually share and, and show what the Word of God says, and really when we look at how it is that we are to be functioning, let's turn over to the book of Philippians. We'll go to Philippians chapter number two, and we're going to see something that the Apostle Paul says to these saints here in Philippi when he says in verse number 15, that ye may be blameless and harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Now, a lot of times when we go to this, we focus just on the idea of that crooked and perverse nation piece of it. But, I want to focus on the issue of when he's saying, among whom ye shine as lights in the world. Now, what that means is that, Paul's writing this to the saints at Philippi, by extension, this goes to all of the members of the body of Christ, that we're shining as lights, which means that we are, shining as the example unto other individuals of how it is that we are supposed to be functioning, how it is that we are living that life. And the only way to be truly shining as that light is to be doing it from that quiet aspect of that we're not creating controversy we have that contentment and we can really have that contentment because we know what's going to happen we know that we are going to be with the lord jesus christ in the heavenly places ruling and reigning with him for all eternity Because we know that to be true, that should be having the impact on us to say, okay, I can be content knowing that, you know, I don't have to worry about, you know, what's going to happen. And because I have that contentment, then I can, you know, go about my daily life doing things, and it should motivate me also to want to share this with other individuals so that way they can have that same level of contentment in their life as well. Let's turn over here to the book of Galatians. We're going to turn to Galatians chapter number 6. And we're going to see something else that the Apostle Paul says here. we're going to read the first two verses where it says, Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, ye which are spiritual, restore in one in the spirit of meekness. Considering thyself, lest thou also be tempted, bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. Now... We see here how Paul's talking about the way that individuals are supposed to be dealing with each other. And you see how there's the whole issue of the spirit of meekness. Now, meekness does not mean that a person is weak. Meekness brings about the issue of that it's not me. It's, it has nothing to do with who I am, and it has everything to do with what God intends. It has everything to do with what the Word of God has to say. That's where I. Think I every individual needs to be able to put themselves aside in these things, you know, and that's. Something that's hard to do a lot of times because you know, individuals the natural thing is that the pride wants to take over to show that they're the one who's doing and you know, fill in the blank with whatever it is that they're trying to show that they're doing. Let's turn over here to Second Timothy, chapter number two. And we're going to see here how Paul's going to be speaking here about you know, an, an interaction with individuals who have been struggling with things. And it says here, we're going to read verses 24 through 26. And the servant of the Lord must not strive but be gentle unto all men, apt to teach, patient, in meekness instructing those that oppose themselves of God peradventure will give them repentance to the acknowledging of the truth, and that they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil, who are taken captive by him at his will. And we see how, as Paul's describing this, you see how he describes it as the issue of being gentle, apt to teach so there's the ability to teach you know there's patience that has to come about it there's meekness so all of these things that are kind of demonstrating that quiet aspect of what Paul was talking about with the saints in thessalonica and saying that they need to study to be quiet this is what's coming about so the way a person's able to do these things, you know. Now I want to turn over to Titus chapter one because I want to read the passage that individuals try to make it sound like it's saying the complete opposite of this. Titus chapter one, we're going to read verses eleven through fifteen. Whose mouths must be stopped to subvert whole houses teaching things which they ought not for filthy lucre's sake? One of themselves, even a prophet, their own said. The Cretans are always liars, evil beasts, slow bellies. This witness is true. Wherefore, rebuke them sharply that they may be sound in the faith, not giving heed to Jewish fables and commandments of men that turn from the truth. Unto the pure, all things are pure, but unto them that are defiled and unbelieving is nothing pure, but even their mind and conscience is defiled. And the issue comes from How some individuals take verse number 13 in there. And I've heard so many individuals take this passage in a manner to where they look at it and say, you know, if I'm going to rebuke someone sharply, then I need to be, you know, arguing profusely, which means that they're. You know, and then when you see what they're doing, they're getting in someone's face and screaming at them, turning all different shades of red and purple. You know, the things that are you know happen more in the online thing is that you get the name calling that comes about with it because you know that's going to rebuke them sharply. You know, the very quick thing that you know gets thrown out there is You know, I disagree with somebody and before I have any sort of even conversation with them, I immediately just label them, yep, they're a heretic, mark and avoid them. And I'm not doing this in that quiet manner. I'm doing this, I'm creating controversy, I'm dividing the body without having any sort of real discussion with individuals you see how in the book of titus it talks about how it's you know after the first and second admonition reject for the person's a heretic most of these times there hasn't even been an admonition just immediate the immediate knee-jerk reaction of let's separate from this person divide do this in this controversial manner to where those who are from the outside look at this and say, you know, I would want nothing to do with anything of what these people are teaching because this is how they treat each other. You know, that's not that shining example that's supposed to be. That's if we're studying properly, studying the word of God rightly divided, taking the doctrine in from Romans through Philemon, if we're doing this in that proper manner, we're going to follow the example of the Apostle Paul and do these things in a loving manner, not in some sort of controversial, argumentative manner of doing things. Now, we'll continue on with this verse next week I always like to remind everyone of our website which is www.gracefamilybiblechurch.org and on our website we have a number of study articles we have some audio files to help you in your study of God's Word we have information on how to join our Wednesday night Bible study and also our Sunday service if you're not here in the Buffalo area that you can join those things through Facebook And as always, if you have any questions or comments about anything on our broadcast, anything on our website, we would love to hear from each and every one of you. And until next time, keep fighting that good fight of faith, preaching this message to this lost and dying world.